you're in business because you have an idea, a spark, a passion, and it's your gift. It's the one that you have and you're bringing it to the world. I know it isn't easy and it requires commitment. You have to learn both the mechanics and leave room for the magic every day in your business. And I'm here for you to help you make a profit. I'm Don Kennedy, your host of the Profit Accelerator Podcast. I'm an attorney, author, mentor, and CEO of a growing coffee company. I'm in this with you every single day. Thanks for joining me on the show that looks at all aspects of business from the mindset to the sales to the money left over at the end of the month with tips and strategies to help you navigate this amazing ride called entrepreneurship. Thanks for making us part of your journey. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Profit Accelerator Podcast. So I don't have a guest this week. I am going to be talking to you very specifically about some strategic planning kinds of things, but I'm breaking them down and making them very easy. So it's going to take you about three specific steps to finding the next place for you to make your sales. Now, over the last two years, things have really changed in the marketplace with the pandemic. Lots and lots of things are going up. Inflation has been huge for some of my um, clients where they've maybe had to do some pivots because raw materials have been going up in price or they're struggling to reach a particular audience anymore. And so we're having to find other places to make sales. And so, you know, we do this in our own coffee company as well. We sit down and we do strategic planning and we decide where we're going to put our efforts. And when we want to grow our business, we want to grow in a very specific place. And we try to give it somewhere around 90 good days of push um, to grow an area and make it sustainable. But before I dive into those three particular steps that you need to take, I want to remind you two things. Number one, you need to understand your capacity for doing business. So for about six weeks, I actually wasn't trying to grow our business a whole lot recently because I was waiting for our second coffee roaster to be installed into our manufacturing facility. Without having that second roaster, I didn't actually want to make a lot of sales calls because I didn't want to get a lot of business that I could not really give good customer service, whether I was selling to another business or a restaurant, or a consignment store, or if I was selling to more consumers. So make sure, number one, you know your capacity to do business. And if you have any questions about that, reach out to me. I can walk you through that. It's a quick 30-minute phone call. They're free. Um, happy to help you. But if you don't understand your capacity to do business, then two things can happen. One, you can do too much sales and end up hurting your business because you are unable to fulfill the orders and do great customer service. Or the other one is that you have built too quickly on the capacity side and you don't have the orders to fill. And so your overhead, the amount of inventory you've bought, or you know the time that you're investing and spending and doing non-income generating activities can be way off. And if that is the case, you actually could be losing money. So just make sure your capacity is set first. And then the second thing I want you to look at again is, you know, who are you selling to? And understanding your customer to me is, is very different than having an avatar or understanding, you know, what they drink or have for breakfast. I mean, for me, understanding your customer is understanding why they give you money, whether it's a business, whether it's a consumer, an end user, if it's a third party, whoever's buying your product, you need to understand why they give you money. So um, for example, let's say a school is buying textbooks. Kids are the end users, but they're not the ones giving you the money. So even though you might be writing it for children, you need to understand who your buyer actually is and then you know why they're giving you money and who you have to sell to. 
there's a great example of, you know, like marketing and selling cat food. Cats are not going to the store and buying cat food, right? So you have to sell the owner on your brand of cat food. And understanding who your buyer is is so important. And understanding why they give you money is incredibly important, whether it's a product or a service. And the other thing I want you to think about is I want you to think about whoever is buying from you. They are enjoying working with you. Whether it's an end consumer and they're buying it as a leisure product, they're still working with you if they're exchanging money with you. And it doesn't matter whether they're you know, using you for leisure, or if they're passively buying you off a store shelf and you're not actively involved in the, in the sales to get the money exchange, they're still enjoying working with you. And I think that it's important to think of just about everything as kind of a business transaction, keep everything very professional and make sure that you are really into customer service, no matter who is buying from you. Uh, you know, we do businesses with a lot of businesses, and we also do things with organizations and nonprofits and things as well. And no matter who it is we talk to, no matter what it is that they do, customer services are number one focus. We want to enjoy the entire exchange, whether it's an email exchange, whether it's actually giving them coffee, whether it's actually setting up an event, something like that. We want them to enjoy the experience of working with us and our team. All right, so let's dive in. I want to find the ways that I can make sales either to other people or other ways, um, the next way to go ahead and grow my business. And in a way that is very strategic in that you're putting all your effort in one basket for about 90 days because you have a goal to grow one particular area and make that area sustainable. So we're not going to do, this is not like a launch um, discussion where we're going to launch a product or we're going to launch something and we're going to do it once. And then if it doesn't go, it doesn't go. I mean, we're, we're actually going to try to grow an arm of the business. That arm could be a wholesale business. It could be a consignment business. Uh, could be for us like selling to restaurants. So we're actually, it's a wholesale, but they're for brewing us and which gives us follow-on opportunities to reach to customers who enjoy our coffee in their restaurant. Um, for us, we're actually going to be working on some monthly recurring revenue. I'm going to walk you through the process we just went through and hopefully give you some tangible examples of how to do this process. But the first thing is to ask, you know, basically how people can buy from you now. How are they able to buy from you? So can they buy from you directly? Is it brick and mortar? Can they buy from you online? Can they buy through third parties? You know, do you have some kind of affiliate marketing thing? How do people buy from you now? And what are they able to buy? What are the products and services that you have available? Now, I have a whole process on identifying um, different metric or different ways to get into the market. And that's looking at audience delivery, focus, and processes. But I'm not talking about that here. I'm talking about if you sit down today, right now, you should be able to tell me how your customers buy from you. What are the available channels that they can buy from you? What they're able to get inside those channels? How you reach your audiences? And make no mistake, even if you're selling to a wholesaler, there is an end user on that product. And I'm going to do another uh, episode here in the future about why, if you are a product company, you could be looking at some wholesale to increase your bottom line and to make some follow-on sales in the future. But that's another podcast. But I want you to think about that. You know, what are the ways that people buy from you now? And then the first thing we're going to do, so step one in identifying new markets, is to brainstorm additional ways people can experience your product. 
So I'm going to give you an example that we've got here now is I bought these large coffee urns that do like a hundred cups. Now, obviously this will be local business only because I can't deliver these things outside of our local area. But if right now they can come into our little store and buy coffee by the cup and they want to have our coffee at an event, but they're unable to brew it on site, or maybe they're renting like a, um, you know, a VFW or something like that, that maybe doesn't have the facility to brew large pots of coffee, or maybe there's not urns available, they can now actually get that from us. We can brew them up five or six pots of coffee and we can give them cups and sleeves and lids. We can do an iced coffee setup for them. We can do all these things. So now we're going to start renting out for events, our coffee by the urn. So now we can support people's parties. We can support showers, that kind of thing. Um, And so that is a new way that we're looking at for offering our coffee that you would buy brewed by the cup. And now we can offer it in a bigger volume. Again, it's just a local offering and it may not be a huge chunk of business, but it's just another way that people can buy from us and another way to experience our product. Um, And then we can offer delivery on that and all the things that you need. So I want you to brainstorm that. How can people buy from you? Maybe in a way that's a little bit different. How are people able to access your products and services? And it may be through another party, maybe through affiliate marketing. Really brainstorm down. And there's no one right answer. Don't forget to think about business to business sales, business to consumer sales in different ways. Think about your delivery as far as being online, being through a third party, being in a store shelf. Um, If you are a service provider, think about doing a lunch and learn that might be paid at your local chamber of commerce. Think about speaking at events where people are going to pay you to speak. Think about these additional ways for people to experience your products and services and brainstorm those. Now, no idea is too crazy at this point. We're just writing it all down. How could people experience your product or service? That's step one in finding the next new market or finding the next way to make sales is probably a a better way to put it. Once you've done that, And I would maybe set a a timer for 10 minutes and sit down with a pen and paper and really kind of think through, you know, there's a customer journey, right? So when people first find out about you all the way through when they want to buy from you or all the way through you finish the sale and the customer service at the back end, think about all the different ways that people can find out about you. Think about all of those things and brainstorm that. And you know your product or service best. So you should be the one doing the brainstorming. I know it's very easy to pass this off to the marketing team or the sales team sometimes, but I think this is best if you are a larger company, this is your executive team that should be doing this. And this is maybe something you should be doing at least at your annual strategic planning meetings. Otherwise, quarterly, if you're a small business like we are, we try to do this a couple times a year. And this is how I really plot out and plan my quarterly campaigns and where our focuses are. Because again, our job is to grow, but to grow in areas that are sustainable for our business, that make sense for our business, that are going to lead to our long-term tenure vision. All right. So the next thing you're going to do is what's called a SWOT analysis. All right. So S-W-O-T, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats of each of these things. Now, I'm going to just cut to the chase and tell you where we're going to focus on, on something called monthly recurring revenue. And that is because in the first quarter, um, you know, everybody's retail stuff goes down. This is not, you know, unusual for people's sales to go down. And it's been actually pretty 
um, significant this year with inflation as well. And this is not just us. I mean, we've done okay, but a lot of my clients down the line as well have had a significant drop in revenue or in sales or in reorders and those kinds of things. So we wanted to look at monthly recurring revenue and we wanted to look at offering a subscription service. So that's where we're going. Um, that is what our focus is going to be. And that's what our SWOT analysis kind of showed us when we were going through and what our ROI analysis is, which is your third step. But a SWOT analysis really is you're going to sit down and very objectively, very honestly answer the questions about what are the strengths of this idea? What are the weaknesses in this idea? What are the opportunities in this idea that maybe you haven't thought about? And then what are the threats to this idea or the threats that if you implement this could affect your business in some negative way? If you're not a business owner that's ever done these kinds of things before and you think you have to have an MBA to do this, I'm going to tell you, you do not. This is something that you should always do because it's just reasonable analysis on whether or not you should be putting your hard-earned time and resources into an idea that may or may not give you the results that you want. You are in business to make money and a profit and it requires some analysis here. And I don't want anybody to be listening to this today and going, oh, great, there she goes. Really, this is something that you can take a piece of paper. I literally make a big you know, cross on the paper. I put S, W, O, and T in each of the boxes. And here are some things that I did. I'll give you an example of some of our e-commerce um, analysis that we did. So strengths for e-commerce analysis, 24-hour shopping. It's not location de dependent. Our website has been reportedly very user-friendly, which is a good thing. Customer is paying shipping for us, but now we're going to look at that and see if that is costing us sales. So that's also potentially a threat to us making more sales online. So we might have to adjust something, maybe have a minimum threshold to do free shipping, but that's something that goes down on the paper for consideration. And then also for us, our online store has local and delivery options available. So you can set local pickup inside our store. So you can order online and you can come by our store and pick it up. There's no additional charge for that, but we're able to get your order ready and do that for you. But then there's some weaknesses. So our personal weaknesses, when orders come in, we will fill them <laughs> sometimes 24 hours a day. If we happen to be up, it's 930 at night and order comes in. We've been really bad about getting up and just filling the orders because it quote takes 10 minutes, right? We needed to put some boundaries around that. That is a weakness of having this kind of, um, you know, business line in our personal life. That was really, you know, interfering a little bit. So we had to put some boundaries there. We have to do websites pretty often as far as updates, and they have to be done regularly because we have origin of the month and they, you know, we have to go in there and do those things. And what's the weakness about it is we have to make sure that the timing on those things is absolutely correct because we do launch a new origin every 30 days. So we bring in a brand new coffee from somewhere in the world and we have to make sure that everything is up to date. If not, our clients call us out, like our customers will let us know. Um, the other thing is our product photos, you know, need to be done regularly. If we add anything, if we take anything away, it has to make sure we have to make sure it's, it's spot on. We can't have people ordering from us and it being out of inventory or something happening. And, you know, we're not um, real well-versed in running e-commerce stores. We've had to do a lot of learning curve on this. And that has been a weakness in our business. And we admit that and put that on paper and say, yep, that is something we need to work on. 
Now, when you admit that there's a weakness there, you can either decide to solve the problem or you can recognize it's a weakness and say, I don't have the resources to attack that now. But you know what? I recognize it. It's on a piece of paper somewhere and you know it's something that you have to deal with. Either way is fine, but be honest with yourself. This is your business. Don't be afraid to point out your weaknesses. Don't be afraid to point out things that you might say need some help in the future, need a designer, need a website developer, need whatever. Okay. And again, we're talking e-commerce right now because that's my example, but whatever that weakness is, you know, there's nothing wrong with putting parentheses around it and say, need to hire a copywriter ASAP. And that's fine. All right. Opportunities is the third one there. And our opportunities for us is we know that we can do some Google AdWords. We know that we have some opportunities to uh, increase SEO, opportunities maybe to put a blog in there and to educate some of our consumers about specialty coffee and about agriculture around it and some kind of the nuancy things that we find cool. We're coffee nerds. So probably not all of you will find this cool in any way, but things that we find cool. And, you know, maybe we start a blog on that. Then we go back and we look at that and say, you know, how often would we do that? What kind of time commitment is that? But that is an opportunity to reach our consumer in another way. And then also there's an opportunity to update our website in some way in the future. And then there are some threats, right? So some threats to this type of business. One of the first ones is that our virtual uh, private server, our network that we've been on for, I've been on it since 2013 with one of my businesses. I mean, the price increased again. (laughs) So everything's going up. It increased last year. It increased again this year. So it does cut a little bit into the profit of having this website. Does it really make a difference? No. Should we highlight that there's a price change? Of course. Other threats, you know, we might get to a point, especially with the subscription thing, where we're going to have to hire somebody to come and package orders. Um, you know, we're going to maybe have some labor things that we need to look at. And the other thing is production. We're going to have to figure out because we want to do these subscriptions within a certain time frame every month once the new order origin of the month launches that we may have to hire some labor to come in and work with us for those particular days. And we happen to know right now with the labor market that sometimes it can be hard to find that additional help. And so, you know, that is also a threat to this particular um you know, line of business and the way that we're looking at business, but then also, you know, threats to our bottom line and things. Now, does that mean we don't do it? No, of course not. But we're being very honest with ourselves. And we're saying these are things that need to be considered. These are things that could affect our overall experience with the customer. If we need to hire and we can't hire and we can't get things out on time as promised, that affects our reputation in the market. That affects all kinds of things. Does it scare us from taking those steps? No, but it does give us an awareness and we get out in front of it. And I want to encourage you again, as a business owner, to keep this analysis in front of you and make it so that it's not a scary thing. It is just literally a step that we take. Sometimes they don't even pan out. Sometimes the threats don't even become an an issue, but you thought them through and you put them on paper. All right. So you've done your brainstorming. We've identified three or four new places. For us, it was a subscription, right? Monthly recurring revenue that's going to come in. We can give people a new origin of the month every month, and we can give them, you know, another bag of their choice. We have quite a few subscribers now, but we're going to push in that particular way. And there were some other ones that we're going to do. So let me talk to you about that. So we were going to sell to more restaurants. We're in a couple now. We're going to sell to a few more. That we could definitely do. We do have some other restaurants we're talking to, a bakery we're talking to and things like that. Definitely another line of business we could grow. 
Third one that we could do is a commercial subscription. We've got some local businesses that would like us to repackage in a way that we do single pot packaging, little serving sizes. So they could just dump a package in a pot in the morning, make a pot in the office. It's easy, no measuring, no nothing. Hey, makes sense. We would love to offer something like that too. So we did the SWOT analysis on each of these different ideas. So we did the subscription, we did the business to business, we did the business to restaurant. We did the strategic plan as far as doing all of this SWAT stuff and made sure that we understood the strengths and weaknesses of each of these particular lines of business. Now, here's the thing. Are we going to go after all of them? Eventually, probably, yeah. I'm not one to hold my business back. If there is room in the marketplace for us to get market share and room for us to grow, if it leads towards our 10-year vision and our plan, I wouldn't stop us from doing it. But here's the next step. I told you there were three steps. This is the third one. And that is to figure out the return on investment and decide which is the one you do now. And here's what you're looking for. The first thing is, what is the quickest return and the fastest into market? What is the one that takes the least resources and will give you the fastest return into your business? So for example, for us, the subscription, really all it does is we have to have increased capacity so that we can do more orders every month. And that's why the second roaster had to go in. Um, and it's going to increase our shipping a little bit, but we can stock up and get ready to do the shipping thing. But we do it from our location here now. Nobody has to drive and do any deliveries. Nobody has to you know, interface with like restaurant owners and managers and things like that. Um, really, the, the fastest way to do this is just to increase the number of uh, subscribers. People who come and buy two bags from us every month anyway and come to the store can literally go online and opt to get two bags. They can get the little bit of savings and they can come in the store and pick up and we can set it up and market it that way. That is the fastest, the easiest. There's really no resources required in setting up that campaign, except for some like marketing things and, and calendaring the campaign. But, you know, that one there really looked like it was pretty simple to do. Then the next one we were looking at is, you know, what is the one that's going to have a high value, a higher value and requires more resources? So things like setting up a commercial subscription for local businesses and going and delivering to them a box of coffee every month that they can use in their business. And they can make pots of coffee. Maybe they're a customer facing business. Um, you know, that's going to require some packaging changes because it's going to be a different amount of coffee to do a single pot serving. I'm okay with that. That's fine. It's just something, again, that I have to take into consideration because there's additional resources. So then we're going to have to package it a little bit differently. So that's going to require some different labeling required by law, some different training. It's also going to require deliveries every single month. Now, here's the thing. That's going to be a higher value item, though, because we're going to package 24 little bags at a time instead of just the two large bags. So the higher value or the ROI back to our business is actually higher in each of those, but there's more front-end work that I need to do first. So it's not going to be the fastest for us to get to market. Things like this that you need to think through, you know, do I grow the restaurant side of the business? Well, sure. What do I have to do there? I have to have certain marketing materials to leave behind with the restaurants. I need to have ordering opportunities for them. Maybe I need to move some ordering online. That's going to take some resources. I need to be able to make sure deliveries are there. Sometimes they're going to be on-demand deliveries, meaning I'm going to have to drop what I'm doing that day to bring them coffee if they don't plan properly. There are just some things that you want to think through what the expectations are for each market as well. Because even if I'll go back to the subscriptions, 
whether I'm selling to the end consumer to drink at home or I'm selling to a business to drink in the office, really it's the same consumer. It is the end user who is going to be enjoying our coffee versus something like a restaurant where they're brewing for the end user and they have a different reason and the expectations are different. They want delivery for a certain thing and it's to support their business model. So those are really the three steps. And, and here's um, my final thought, I guess, on this process is once you decide and you figure out which one you're going to take and focus on first, I would recommend that you don't throw out the other ones that you just figured out were good for your business. But I would maybe start to plan about what you want to look at doing. We're going to start looking at some different packaging at different sizes for single pot servings. Are we going to do it tomorrow? Is that going to be our first push? It's not, but that is an idea that came up. We did the brainstorming. We did the SWOT analysis and we did sit down and the ROI on that is actually really good. That return on investment, what we can get back into our business, relationship building, right? Second and third order of facts. Now I didn't talk much about that, but this is again, one of those things where you think through somebody comes to your office and they enjoy a cup of coffee and they go, wow, this is great. Where'd you get it? And we have little cards there and people can pick it up and take it home and go, I need to look this up. Not going to happen 100% of the time, may only happen 3% of the time. But again, it's another opportunity to reach customers that we don't do now. So hope this was helpful. Going to give it to you again, three steps, a brainstorm, SWOT analysis on each of those brainstormed idea, and then taking all of them together and doing a, a, a return on investment analysis, an ROI kind of look at, What's your fastest one to market with the least amount of resources and the best return, quickest return into your business? And then start racking and sacking and looking at the ones that are going to take more resources to get done, but they may have higher value into your business. They may have longer term value in your business. And then decide. And once you decide, you know, then it's a matter of how does your business bring things to market? Whether it's a product or a service, I don't know if you do launches, we don't do launches, um, but you know, maybe you have a, a launch or maybe you have a marketing campaign, maybe you, you have to go and get someone to make your graphics, maybe you have to have somebody print things and, and do leave behinds. Um, I would put things all on the calendar and of course I would track my metrics to make sure I knew how things were working. But I hope this was really, really helpful. We do this in our business. This is the advice I give my clients. My clients do these things too. And I really think that it has helped show tremendous growth over the last couple of years, particularly through some of the pivots and things that some of my clients have had to make with the pandemics. And I'm actually going to give you an example. I have a wonderful client incredibly talented, um, that used to do something with custom wood blanks and wood became so expensive and they had a wholesale and a retail in this whole business, but the wood that they used became so expensive. Like I'm talking about six to 10 times higher than it used to be that she was really no longer able to sustain that business. So we made a pivot and she's doing something a little bit differently in the marketplace using different materials, so acrylics and metals and things. And, you know, it was really great that she was able to sit down and do this analysis and figure out where she wanted to make sales first, second, and third. And she's sticking to this plan for 90 days on each one and really building each new line of business. Business requires us to be flexible sometimes. It really requires us to be dynamic. But it's our responsibility to always be looking for those opportunities and find those next places to build up what it is that we want to do into our vision, into our own version of success.
Thanks so much for listening. I'll talk to you next time on the Profit Accelerator Podcast. Take care. Thank you so much for joining me today on this episode of the Profit Accelerator Podcast. If you'd like to learn more and grab some free resources, just head over to entremoneycoach.com and you'll find the links and freebies. Take care and I can't wait to talk to you again next time on the Profit Accelerator Podcast.